Hello and welcome back to the final Crushing Depths episode of this season of our modern campaign. Last week the action stopped and left you hanging with what happens next. And don't worry, the players were left pretty much hanging as well. This week we're going to pull back the curtain just a little bit, talk about some of the final scenes of what we think this modern campaign would look like cinematically, and even give you a little bit of a taste of what's happening elsewhere at the end of this season. It's a bit of a short episode, but our run of this first season of The Crushing Depths came out to exactly 50 episodes, and we're up over 52 hours of pure entertainment. I personally really hope you enjoyed The Crushing Depths first season, as this was the campaign that I was running, and I hope you enjoyed the story that developed through my plan interacting with the players' decisions. I had a lot of fun running this campaign, and I'm looking forward to coming back to it in the next couple years. Meanwhile, we are finishing up playing Matt's first season of his Serenity slash Firefly campaign, and then we'll switch to playing a couple years of Steve's Armbard's Pass Forgotten Realms campaign, newly converted to 5th edition D&D rules. It'll be the first time we play an extended 5th edition campaign. We're all seasoned 3.5 players normally, and should be a lot of fun. We were not recording yet when we played through Steve's first shift as GM on this campaign. However, you can look for releases from Jonas's journal, as uh, my character Jonas Greystone kept a record of that campaign, and I'll be releasing those as blog posts on our site, so you can read through and get an update on what the campaign was all about before we start airing the audio of the second season. I've made the decision that the LTM Gaming Podcast will return after the first of the new year. We're going to take the rest of this month off, have some fun playing some games, and give me a little bit of a break from constant audio editing. So, we give you the epilogue to The Crushing Depths, and we'll see you next year. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. I start taking my shoes off. <laughs> I set my uh, glass pistol in my shoes, and I dive into the water. Okay. I don't know if I think waterproof or not. Yeah. We're, I would ask, but you're in the water. So Russ dives into the water. Courtney's long gone with your boat. Sal is furious, screaming rage. Okay. And Vanessa is. What's Gungir doing? Uh, That's pretty much going to determine what I'm doing. What would Gungir do? Gungir's a little pissed, but all in all, probably pleased with the final end result. There. Everything done. I'm like, alright, I did what you want, we're done. I want you out. Okay. And you open your hand and the spirit clang. And that's where we're going to stop. That's the end? That's the end. So he's swimming away. I'm not swimming away, I just going ready for to a dip? Away. Well, I need to breathe. I wasn't saying I was swimming off into the... He was holding his breath the entire combat. Oh, the entire combat was all like three rounds. Well, no, it was yeah. like six. It was like seven. Yeah. Well, I guess it sped up at the end. Yeah, it did speed up a lot at the end. Yeah. Uh, I need to breathe. So but... he he's diving in the water. He's sobbing. I dropped the spear, and that's the end. That's what you actually were hoping for. This is one of four. Yeah, at five. Least. Ten. 
what Paul is trying to figure out every every I, angle. I try to plan for as many different possible outcomes as I can, and one of the biggest thing was revolved around what TJ. I wanted to know what TJ's decision would be. Damn the world or not? Yeah. Or at least perception that he would damn the world. All remember the message you got was also Carmella. Wasn't it? What? <laughs> what message? The phone message you got of us of struggling and help help was Carmella. It was not Izzy. So technically the final shot is something that happened with Carmella. Like if we're fading to black, the final scene has to be she drops the spear, he's screaming, he's breathing underwater. Yeah. And then some has to be some shot of Carmella because we forgot about her amidst everything that was happening. She's either being tortured, another nude painting, you know, session, whatever, whatever um, it is. No, I was, I was thinking. It, it's Courtney walking into the room where she's being held and ripping the duct tape off her No, really? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. That's um, what he just said. We have the final scene. Sal doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, if I had thought for even like a second that it would have been possible for us to put up any kind of a fight against Cthulhu, I would have possibly considered going through with it. Mm. But all I remember is you're like, oh yeah, you now realize that this is what you foresaw in your dream. And I also remember that you told me in my dream, the tentacle that came out of the ocean was the size of a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. And like, well, oh, come on, we can take him. Well, if I ended up inside it, <laughs> between burst fire and your answer to everything, man. <laughs> Did you, here, I don't know if any either you guys want to see. This was the entire script uh, script for uh, the ritual. I give you a lot of credit for reading it, by the way. And you, Matt, your rolling was just. Yeah. I mean, up, if you're gonna have a it, session and end on yeah, that, and made I mean, up, made up by the last like three, where it's been like, one, <laughs> one, two, one, two, two, three. To be fair, I also I rolled a lot of ones in this. There were three turns in a row. I'm oh, okay. Oh, okay, up over here. Thank you. So this is actually relay, relayian, or whatever it's called. Hmm. That these are all words that are from Lovecraft. I I, I'm actually curious if you guys have any like. Other, like, sort of decompressing questions about the campaign or comments. I'm just curious. So, you, you were serious. Courtney left. Yeah, absolutely. So, she was there willingly? Uh, you don't know. Well, okay. You I assume that they beat <laughs> the she was brand, You were serious in what, when you said we where she left yeah. and went to. She, yeah. The final yes. scene is what you said. Yes. Right. And, and Carmel looks like hell. Yep. It's clearly Bound in some way. Yeah, it's not Courtney it's coming not to like rescue Carmel. And it's not literally the right. amount of time. No, you would. It would, in theory, be some large in the amount movie, of time. Yes, you would see Courtney haggardly beaten up, drives off in the boat, and then she's she comes home and she's like dressed nicely and obviously healed up a little bit since you saw her last. So. Taped up and yeah. and then opens whatever door to Carmela, who mm-hmm. looks scared to see her. Yes. Frightened, and then so yeah. the duct tape comes off. The final thing is a scream from Carmella. Yeah, that sounds about right. Peachy. But with that being said, no idea and, whether and we have no idea where Enzo is. Nope. See, we have all these little mm-hmm. threads to pick up the next time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fairly certain that Sal went crazy on Enzo when he found out that he let them go away. Now that Izzy is dead, <laughs> Sal might legitimately have a vendetta against his own father. That's a good storyline. 
This was part, do you remember that I asked you what's you, out? Yeah. You, you asked a me. A long and, time ago. And I told you that if he no. lost his daughter, he would go fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. So then season two is us trying to redeem him back to some kind of I reality. Don't, I don't know that that is possible. I'm not saying that that is possible, but yeah. you have to have something that propels the next season that's worth, like, pe- that people would want to see. Like, at this point, it would almost be the most likely thing to occur is Sal finding a way to summon Cthulhu to kill it. Mm. I, I think that is a legitimate... So basically, we would so pick up the story like six Sal, months later. Sal picks up the spear and is just like... This is why I, you're going to have to start putting knowledge rubbish. <laughs> I, I, I also wanted to tell you, before I forget, that just reminded me, you all will level up to nine at the end. Like... That combat. We should do it now so that you have the updated file. Yeah. Honestly, whenever you want. I don't care, but right. within the next two years, level yourself up to level nine. <laughs> within the next... Oh, I'm sorry. Years. No, six years. Well, yeah. it depends on how we're doing it. We've been doing two-ish year runs. Yeah. Two, four, six. six. Well, it depends. Okay. Yeah. You sorry. may be able to do yeah. more I with less. I mean, maybe Paul and I are just too... Awesome? I was going to say long-winded, but yes. <laughs> I want to say I really appreciate the sandbox notion that you really tried to put into it. The flip side of it is it's really hard for someone like me because we only play once a month and just life in general to keep up all the stuff that you wanted. The recaps uh, were great, mm-hmm. but it was just it was hard to to have a central focus for me. And your research was ridiculously off the charts, so it was really great to see that integrated in it. You know I don't know anything about history, real history anyway. And I, I, it was funny. I found myself at one point when I was building the mansion, like researching about when the first refrigerator was built and like, would it be there? What? It, yeah, exactly. I was trying to, it's like just weird for the mansion. There was so much weird random crap because I was trying to get the right time. That'd be period. Yeah. And I got to this, I don't, it wasn't the refrigerator. There was something else that he was even weirder. But I was trying to, like, what was the first refrigerator and when did it come out? And would they have had it? You know, and I was, like, on this weird-ass random page, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Because like, <laughs> I was I was really trying to make sure that it was all exactly. the right time period for that mansion and all in the right... And you could have just... I mean, I, to be fair, you could have just said, this room is in a different time period. <laughs> Nobody would have had any idea. Why well, is this crazy? Whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I I am... I won't say that I wouldn't like to continue GMing right now because I think it would be fun, but I am definitely relieved to become a player again at this point because it took forever to do some of that stuff. And that's what I'm, I'm, that's what I'm guessing is that mine, because I was using a pre-made module, there was like this much sandbox in it. Mostly you're going to have to succeed. You know, you have to go to one of several places. And you're going to basically have to hit all of them for it to be effective. Yeah. And so that was the the, the the semi-open-ended part of it. But there was still a very clear objective for literally only one way to achieve it, unlike your objective, which was you can do it a million different ways. Yeah. Um, there was a way for you to you so guys, was I don't know if I should even say this. This is going to But anyway... Uh, thank you. Do you how do you feel? Like, besides the relief of becoming a player again, 
did we live up to what you were doing? Did, did they? Yeah, I didn't, I really, the end game, I really expected Sal to finish the ritual. Uh, and with the expectation that Izzy would not die. Like, they were basically telling you, Izzy's gonna die if you don't finish the ritual. So, I really expected you to, I expected TJ to say, Sal would do this. And so that did, and it, what would that mean? Obviously we're playing the what would have happened game, but like, yeah, well, what okay. is I was gonna say, there was a way for you guys to save Izzy and kill Cthulhu, and it was Gugnir. So if you guys would have completed the ritual, Cthulhu comes out, and then Gugnir basically goes nuts, takes over, and has the potential of killing. Yeah. There wasn't, I didn't build Cthulhu's stats. So it would have just been, it would have basically been happening off screen for all it purposes. Have, it wouldn't have been like an attack. It wouldn't have been part of a combat. It would have just succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm surprised you would have done that. Not that you wouldn't the fight have killed Cthulhu. The that's fight was Manticore and Karanza, because after you would have killed Cthulhu, they would have just, all three, the hound, the, the two elephants would have just attacked you out of rage anyway. So that would be the end fight. The Cthulhu was never intended to be your fight. And see, my thing. But see, but that doesn't, that's weird to me because then how on earth would he ever take it down when I, when at least based on the roles I had, couldn't even injure? The spear would have been destroyed in the process. Okay. Good. Can't bother. Can't bother anybody else. (laughs) Yeah. It would have just been, and it was Vorpal for a reason. It would have been this basically. No, I mean, there's, what I like about it, and from a, this one's very easy for me to visualize in a cinematic sense because most of it falls in within a reality like our world. So when I'm envisioning people, they're wearing normal clothes. They're not, it's not fantastic in that sense. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm really liking, like, if you were watching this and this was a TV show, there's a, everyone would come back for the next season to figure out what do you do now? The other thing I, I think we talked about before is that was kind of, it was tough for me to get over with this campaign was that you guys only ever saw things from, say, one camera perspective or whatever. And there was stuff that was happening. Like, if it was a movie or a miniseries or something, there would be, sh- you guys only saw yeah. the shots where you guys were, were in. There. Yeah. And so you tons of see stuff. the other stuff happening and it was, it gets hard to convey that something's going on. Something's going on that you guys aren't there privy to or whatever. And I mean, like stuff is changing off off camera. Like, was it difficult for you? Like, obviously, it was your plan for us to first befriend the mind flayers and feel that the beholders were. Enemies. I actually didn't know where you guys were going, what you guys, were, how you were going to react, and. um the potential, I mean, the potential was that you could go either way and befriend either side. They're both evil. I'm saying, I'll tell you that right would, now. Would there have been, a, would there have been the equivalent beholder Cthulhu? Or was it always going to be Cthulhu? Yes, but that's still coming. Oh. So, there's stuff about, because you guys went really heavy illithid, there's a lot of stuff about the beholders that you don't know yet. What do you mean heavy against? Or no, no. Like spend a lot, of, spend more time, spend more with time with the storyline with them. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to think, like, 
when okay, the, the reason I will tell you this: the reason you guys got were on trial. Remember, you went to Watkins Glen, and that was the Beholder site, and they were like, "We're gonna put you on trial." If you listen to when you guys first confront Dell, he is actually not confrontational. It was because Sal got told by the illithid that was in the room, "You have to piss him off." And after that, Sal like blows up, and Dell is not like. He's a little, he's arrogant, but he's not confrontational at all. And you guys start it. That was your point where you could have listened to the elephant in your head, or you could have sort of calmly interacted with him. And you guys went the angry route and killed him. So that was like. I feel like that's our way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was. Well, but I'm also thinking. He like, was talking down to us, so. Come yeah. Leo was captured mm-hmm. by this paramilitary group, and mm-hmm. we broke into their headquarters, and when we got to the top, the person in charge seemed to be a beholder, or beholder sympathizer, or whatever. You broke into... Well, I'm saying where Dell was at. When we kept, yeah, yeah, where we yeah. kept following, the trail led to... Dell. Dell. Yeah. Which means that if he was a good person, in, I mean, because like you said, they're both evil, you know, sure, you can say that you know, maybe their view of what oh, kidnapping is a normal thing that we just do for fun. They, yeah. I mean, their, their impression was probably... that Leo was working with the Illithids. That's why he got kidnapped. Yeah. Based on the information that he had. I'll make sure to bring that up in the trial. <laughs> I kind of doubt you guys will have friendly relations with the Illithids. Well, I mean, we, if he's carrying the spear now. Yeah, why wouldn't we have friendly relations? And now you'd actually have someone who could fight wielding it. There's again stuff that I'm not. Oh going sure. To be able oh, to no. I'm just saying, like, there's, it's all there's the many... problem. Come on. What you <laughs> no, we didn't. We just put it back to sleep. Yeah. Oh, I should say. To be fair, though, if we know where it's sleeping, I can tack this on at the end that the the sky's clear, like in the, the ritual's the... over, and there's it's you know the weather pumps down. And... That would be before we see the shot of Carmella. That's like, it's it clearing it would have, and you guys are staying. It would, it would say, it would have to be the, I, I definitely envisioned the last scene being entirely slow-mo. Because we'd have him running into the water, going in and, you know, being able to breathe. Him still just punching chunks. And all my chunks would probably not feel good in the salt water. water. Yeah. I was going to think of putting it in. The spear, I can totally see the spear dropping and doing the, the clatter, clatter thing. But then it, the, you'd have the pan out because you'd have to catch all three of us, and because nobody's better than anybody else in the scene, you pan out and through the clouds, which are you know dissipating and gone. Yeah. And then it, it literally would just keep zooming out till we're nothing. Sounds just on his knees. Yeah, but like I said, you would see that as you're as we're all as it's going out, and then the or next like thing the would be that. From behind, it's just that our basically our shadows are you know, blacked out with our silhouettes because you know, the sun's now coming in. Hmm. Could do that too. On the seashore. And I also wanted to ask if you guys felt like I tried to give each character some way that their personal character was tied into the overall story, like something significant and unique about the character that they had going on. Mm-hmm. Well, so, like that, I didn't want the spotlight. Like I felt like for a while the spotlight was on in Sal a lot. Yeah, but see, our group doesn't care. Yeah. That's the one thing yeah. that I love about this group. 
yeah. you could have done the whole damn thing with him being in the spotlight, yeah, right, and neither one of us would have cared yeah. at all because it's mm-hmm. that's the way good stories are written. Sometimes it's just all one person yeah. carrying. I, I still want. I know you don't care, but I still want to try it. You acknowledge it, and that's all for me. That's all that you need to do. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I say that for all future campaigns as well. Are you ready to take the reins? and we'll leave the crushing depths right there for now as always if you enjoyed listening to this season of the crushing depths or this particular episode where you liked tj's fourth edition entropy rising campaign please go to itunes and give us that five-star review helps us get the word out helps us get noticed on itunes as a gaming podcast and you can always send us feedback and questions to podcast at ltmgaming.com we really do appreciate hearing your thoughts and questions we'll be back in the new year with some brand new podcasts for you to listen to thanks for listening